It's Brooke Casanova here on the After Success Podcast. I talk to and interview conscious high achievers about lessons they learned behind closed doors that most don't know, about what happened after they hit their big success. We discuss frameworks for how to answer the looming questions like, what's next? And how do we navigate these massive transitions in our lives? What identity reinvention looks like? and how to build a legacy through your unique gifts in your second act. My goal, my friends, is to help you, one, feel like you're in good company and learn how to co-create a new tribe of deep connection in your life, two, step out of the disorientation you may be feeling, and three, flood you with frameworks for how to generate new vision and creativity in your everyday life again. This is the After Success Podcast. so amazing when I asked you like, what was one of the lessons that you learned from becoming a gold medalist is you said the path can never be done for you only by you. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you mean by that? Well, you know, Brooke, I, you and I had the amazing honor, privilege. I had the privilege to be in a coaching group with you. It's how you and I be, you know, became friends and I think that um, you and I have a lot of common friends that work in the digital space that are doing really well. And there's this, uh, there is a sort of a done for you element to the nature of their, of their business, you know, mm-hmm. setting up mm-hmm. structures and system to be better in your digital yep. work. Yep. And I remember hearing a lot of our mutual friends talk about that and just thinking like, Oh my gosh, for the things that like, I'm really focusing on in, in my life and the things I actually want to have conversations with other people about, like the one we're having today, there is no done for you. It, it can't be done for you. I yeah. do think that especially like, for example, I'm going to just sort of push ahead. Like you look at, you know, here at midlife and we can come back to the Olympic part as well. Uh, no one can actually make some of the midlife transitions mm. for you that, really need that I don't want to say need to be made, but if you really want to explore those and it's not necessarily always going to be happy, fuzzy, feel good work. But I will say it will be meaningful. It will always be meaningful. And I do believe you will find help, support, collaboration, encouragement, but you, no one's going to walk through that door for you. Mm. But, um, yeah. And there's a lot to unpack there in that comment, but that is, I think in the, the big things of life, I think that, um, you know, we are encouraged in a lot of elements to sort of ask for help and look for where help exists. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then we really sort of need to kind of take a look at where does this need my own unique fingerprint? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. And I think that yet both you and I have observed and seen as it happens with most businesses that we can either automate, delegate, or eliminate most things, if not all. But what you're saying in that I, the suggestion that I love the most is that you can't automate, delegate, or eliminate the need to find your unique ability and serve mm-hmm. in the capacity that will bless the world the most, as well as the, re- the, the opposite side is like, no one can overcome the fear and the, like the, the self restriction and, and, and tension 
of belief that you have with yourself, no one can do that for you. Only you can do that. And I think if you really look at successful businesses and successful people outside of business, what they're doing is not, it's not in the success of their ability to automate, delegate, or eliminate the systems and the processes and the lead generation and the marketing. It's their ability to actually do for themselves what most are not willing to do, which is this belief in self and pushing themselves to this outer limit, which is, I think, so much of what after success really is. It's like, okay, you've done the really big thing, but let's talk about like the internal work and what that looks like and how you're going to do the thing now that you really can't hire out. You have to do it for you. I, it's interesting. I, I'm working on a, a document right now that I, I shared with you. I put in front of you and I, I just want to share. It's Please. Called, yeah. It's not ready to go yet, but it's called the midlife Peak performance manifesto. And I want to talk about just the first one on there, because I think it all sort of starts and stops with something that you're talking about right now. And I call this the, um, the 200% purpose principle. And um, so I'm a big believer, I think, for, um, I think some people in this space kind of want to avoid the importance of purpose because it's hard. It's hard to figure out, you know, it doesn't always come quickly to everyone, but I think, and honestly, you are someone that really helped me to focus on this. I think with high performers looking to make high performance leaders, people who've achieved a lot that are looking at these midlife transitions, I think the purpose is absolutely critical. But I want to mm -hmm. dig into something that you just alluded to, that um, what's often happened is that a lot of external factors have helped guide our, mm. our purpose. Mm. And the internal part of us never went to sleep. But it's, it is screaming to us right now. Mm. I, I want to be a part of this equation now. And so what happened with it would be very easy to it would be very easy to sort of say the 50-50, you know, performance principle where we're sort of relying 50% of external and 50% internal mm -hmm. self mm -hmm. to sort of guide it. But that's like that's just too hard to get mm -hmm. right. It's like mm -hmm. I don't want to be like a a scientist in a lab pouring liquid into beakers, you mm -hmm. know, back mm -hmm. and forth. Where 200% came in, it's like I want people to really think what does it look like to fully engage 100% of your external self and 100% of mm. your internal self. That's 200%. Mm. I know it's not mathematically feasible, but I don't have to think about it anymore. I know what 100% is mm. but for the first time in our lives, maybe the first time in our lives, let's treat the internal self as a 100% entity mm. when really establishing our purpose which that's where that 200% uh, purpose principle came from. And yeah, it's, you know, this is our time to really kind of bring the, our inner self into the conversation for a real and meaningful way, maybe for the first time in your life. I know for me, for the first time in my life now, and I know that sounds strange, but when you really see how much we've, some of us have pushed down the, the inner self to mm. sort of just listen to the external self. It's kind of scary. And here mm. we are in our mid fifties doing it for our, you know, for the first time in our life. 
So can you talk about that a little bit more? I love this conversation. Like what was the catalyst for you to be, to be like, okay, we need to not silence, but we need to get the external motivators and factors to a whisper level. And we need to put a megaphone now on the inner voice. Like what was the catalyst for that for you? It's a great question. Let's go back to August 2nd, 1992. This is the day we won the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the aftermath of the race. Please, because so that's what this is for, the after yeah. success. Like, that no one talks about behind closed well, doors and what happens after you claim the medal and then go home. Which no one was expecting. I, I'm t- I can remember every little thing that happened before the race. I remember like 0.1% of what happened after the race. Interesting. Right after the race. But what I do remember is really sweet and beautiful. In fact, I I remember, I'll just tell you, there's these stairs that come up from the Olympic venue and right into the middle of Waseo. And we were really, we were at the venue for a long time afterwards. You know, there were interviews and uh, drug testing and the medal ceremony and just a lot of just slow departure. I remember coming up the stairs into the uh, Passage, which is like our town square with these beautiful trees. And I remember just coming in into that park and there was this big table and my mom was at the head of the table. Lots of empty sangria pitchers around the, uh, the, the <laughs> table. And my dad was sitting next to her and they, gosh, they were just so happy, you know? And I remember that really well. And I remember, mm. you know, just, you know, my dad just beaming, you know, from one, you know, one side to the other. And th- that was a really sweet, sweet moment. But I think happened for me in the moments, you know, in those minutes, hours, days after the Olympics, I think there were, I think you wasn't really expecting um, all the things that go along with being an Olympic champion. And I kind of started to think like, what are these things I have to be correct about? What are these things I, you know, I need to be right about? Like, how can I really start to think about telling this story in a way that would be meaningful to people? Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like to sort of build relationships going forward? And listen, I don't think looking back on it, like, it's not like you're playing with a full deck in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, I think you're making these decisions. You're trying to do the best you can with them. And, you know, you're also, you're, you're upholding this ideal of like what it means to be an Olympic champion. Napoleon Hill said, quote, in every instance where you find a man or a woman of outstanding achievement, that's you, by the way, In any calling, you will find that they have been a success as a result of a mastermind alliance, unquote. Friends, we all want the mastermind alliance experience in safe spaces, especially after we've experienced success. After all, relationships are what got us here today. So for any of you who are in the thick of your after success story, your second act is trying to be figured out and navigated, and you desire help with new pivots, new identity, and a new level of contribution with a new tribe of relationships, I invite you to apply for The Last Mastermind. The Last Mastermind is hosted by myself, Brooke Casanova, and it's a three-day in-person experience where you experience a collective genius that helps you uncover your purpose, create your highest contribution, and experience deep connection. You can apply at thelastmastermind.com today.